Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back or welcome to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by Nenny and Associates. I'm your host, Jim Schaefer. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Nenny and Associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry, hence why we named the podcast the way that we did. Simply put, we help our clients find the right talent. Each week, we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss their backgrounds, how they got started, and where they see the industry heading. We also get to know our guests and find out what drives them to be successful. And on today's episode, episode 103, we sit down with Todd Smith. Now, I've known Todd for a long time, and I'm glad we're able to finally carve out some time and and make this happen as I opened up the episode with. And, And Todd walks us through his career, how he started with Sylvania, and eventually progressed within the company as a leader on the solutions side of the business. I especially enjoyed the part of our discussion as we talked about the future of the industry as it relates to decarbonization and electrification. Todd shares some great insight at the end of the episode, which I'd recommend sticking around for about what motivates him, what gets him out of bed in the morning, and what keeps him driving forward at this point in his career. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure be sure to subscribe to our channel and consider downloading this episode and future episodes. This is the only way that we can track how many people are listening. So if you're still streaming the episodes, I urge you to consider hitting that download button instead. And if you enjoy this episode, please share it with your network and recommend to a friend or a colleague. Now, we think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Todd and me. So let's drop in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Todd Smith, who is the VP of Sales for the Efficiency Solutions Division with Mantis Innovation. Todd, welcome to the show. Jim, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course. I know I had to track you down for a couple of months. You were you were blowing me off. You were just too important for this uh, for this podcast format, but I'm glad we finally twisted your arm. I'm afraid most of that is true, but the part about me being too important absolutely uh, overstated. <laughs> well, uh, regardless, I'm glad we're I'm glad we're doing this because I was reflecting on this. I was like, you and I met like 10 years ago. I think at a light fair conference. So it's always neat when these experiences, the uh, these interactions, you know, 10 plus years come full circle here. Well, we've known each other a long time. It's it, it's been great, um, and you know, it's just a great industry to be in and to just meet people like you. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, because of that, a lot of our audience members are going to recognize you and recognize your name. So, for the folks out there that uh, that may not be as familiar, Todd, tell us about your background. You know, kind of where you grew up and how you got started in your career. God, I don't think anybody wants to hear it. It's not that interesting. But uh, you know, I'm a Long Island kid, Long Island, New York. Uh, grew up there. Uh, spent some time in the military in the army, and. Uh, you know, when we left the uh, when we left the service in uh, God, 1995, so I'm dating myself, old man, uh, left the service in 1995. We wanted to live up in uh, southern Maine. That's uh, we had vacation up there and I don't want to live up there. And uh, it, it kind of, you know, it's how I kind of landed in the industry. We we're looking for jobs. I, I was leaving the army and we were looking for jobs and uh, there weren't a lot of jobs in southern Maine. And about as close as I could get was uh, Sylvan Street, Massachusetts, uh, which is right where Sylvania is headquartered. And uh, Sylvania was uh, either fortunate or unfortunate enough to to offer me a position, and uh, that that started this kind of a uh, magical mystery tour into the uh, into the lighting world. Which uh, anybody who's ever been in this world, and you certainly know this, once you get in, there's apparently no way out. It's it's, it's one of those things. It's yeah. a lifetime yeah. commitment. It seems that way. Yeah. And I know you had a really long run at, at Sylvania. So maybe just briefly tell us about kind of, you know, where you started within Sylvania and then kind of how you progressed throughout your career there. 
Yeah, it's it was a long run and it was a great run. Um, I owe Osram in Sylvania, you know, you know, quite a bit. I, I started uh, literally running a T12 fluorescent production line uh, on second shift uh, up in uh, in Danvers, Massachusetts, and I worked through several different jobs there. Worked in fluorescent, uh, worked in the compact fluorescent manufacturing facility uh, for uh, as a quality manager. And then worked in our precision materials and components group, uh, running a couple of different product lines, the uh, phosphor product line, as well as the tungsten and molybdenum wire product line for there. And then at, at some point uh, in that process, I got yanked over to Sylvania Lighting Solutions, uh, which was really the, the start of it all for me, uh, where I, I think I really uh, kind of found my niche, uh, working in a solutions-based business, getting a little more exposed to sales. And um, really that uh, that problem solving element uh, of, you know, solution selling and just bringing the best lighting and control solutions to customers. Uh, did a lot of the engineering work there um, on the process development and, and the uh, project development side of it. And uh, eventually wound up in sales, uh, did a lot of ESCO sales selling and then uh, ran a couple of other sales teams there. So that was, uh, I think, 24 years with Sylvania uh, in total. Um, wow. We were sold. Yeah, we were sold to Wesco. Uh, uh, Sylvania Lighting Solutions was carved out and sold to Wesco, became Wesco Energy Solutions, but basically the same company. Uh, we merged with a company that Wesco already owned um, and basically ran that same business. And then I had the opportunity to go be the VP of sales for Universal Lighting Technologies uh, shortly after they were acquired um, from Panasonic by private equity. And really actually enjoyed the two years there. Um, I, I know it didn't end well, but, um, you know, from my standpoint, I don't think I would trade that experience uh, or the people that I was able to work with there. Um, not just the, the people in the company, but at the distributors and the manufacturers reps that we had. I, I truly enjoyed forming those relationships and, and working uh, within that world, a little bit different side of the lighting business for me. So it was a little challenging and exciting. And then uh, that, you know, that ended in uh, in June for me, June of last year of 2023. And uh, my wife is an English teacher. So uh, I took the opportunity to take the summer off because she does every year. So I figured, you know, why not get my turn? Nice. And, uh, you yeah, deserve it. After, after 27 years, however long it's been, right? You probably, you it was probably my first it. sabbatical. Yeah, yeah it was my first, uh, my first sabbatical. So, uh, you know, caught more fish and played more golf than anybody probably has a right to. At least I felt guilty about it. And uh, then this opportunity at Mantis uh, opened up and uh, just a good chance to kind of go back to my roots, my SLS type roots, and I uh, get back into the solutions world and I, and I just couldn't pass it up. Oh, that's great. That's great. So so tell us a little bit about Mantis, because I know it's a, it's a fairly substantial company. There's different services and solutions that are being offered. So tell us a little bit about the company broadly, and then maybe we can get into your team, the Efficiency Solutions Group. Yeah, absolutely. Mantis is great. So Mantis Innovation, uh, we are basically a conglomeration of three acquired businesses and one homegrown one. Uh, so my business, we call them practice areas. Uh, my practice area is the efficiency side of it, basically existing building retrofit and renovation work that, that makes the building more efficient, reduces the customer's energy bill. We have a facilities management practice area. Uh, they do very, very similar things, but they work on basically extending the life of the building envelope asset. So they do a lot of roofing work. Uh, they do a lot of paving work. They look at asset management for customers who uh, 
you know, may have 1,400 buildings across the U.S. and don't necessarily know uh, what they have on the roof of every one of those buildings. They'll go out and survey that and put it in a really cool database that they have and help them manage those assets. We have an energy procurement practice area, which was one of the things that really attracted me to Mantis. Um, we help our customers buy power, uh, both gas and electric, on the deregulated market. And they've got a really cool reverse auction software package that they use. Uh, and they just they bring a lot of a lot of value to customers that are in those markets where it's been deregulated and they can go out and buy from different brokers and, and, and different sources of acquiring uh, their electric and their gas power. And then we have our sustainability practice area, which is kind of homegrown. Uh, but it's a it's a great practice area for a lot of our customers. They are basically sustainability consultants. And uh, when we have customers that may not know exactly what they want to do from a sustainability standpoint or might know exactly what they want to do, but don't know how to get there. They can come in and help them write that decarbonization plan, help them write that electrification plan, help them roll out a national program uh, based on where the rebates are, are available or where adoption of a particular technology is highest and really provide some value in that area to our, our larger customer base. So I know it, it sounds like it's, uh, it's set up to where all the practice areas should be talking with each other, communicating with each other, finding ways to, to collaborate. Is that part of the, the vision internally? And, and I guess I'm, I'm curious. I know you've only been there for a couple of months. How does that, how does that function? How does that play out when you got customers? Yeah, it, it's actually pretty awesome. And it's one of the main reasons that, that I decided to, to come to Mantis is that cool. at the end of the day, when you, when you roll all of those four practice areas up, there's like 11 or 12 things that we can offer to our customer. You know, so even though I work in the efficiency practice area, um, whenever we're with a customer, you know, we're looking to solve their problems and, and kind of ease their pain points, if you will, uh, in any one of the things that we do in any of our four practice areas. So we call it the one mantis approach, which, you know, I know is catchy, but uh, it's really just our ability to bring multiple solutions uh, to the customer and to help them out in, in any way possible uh, across all of those different uh, value propositions that we offer. And I think we, you and I maybe had talked about this offline at some point, but uh, tell us a little bit about your customer base, right? Kind of some of the types of customers that you work with today, different vertical markets and, you know, kind of where, where you want to focus your team. Yeah, it, it's, it's really diverse, um, you know, and, and it kind of varies a little bit uh, by practice area, you know, our facilities management team, a lot of national account type work, which really works with their asset management thing. The procurement guys, they work everywhere. I mean, basically everybody has an electric bill and everybody's trying to optimize that bill or the amount of natural gas that they use and what they pay for it. So they work across the board. In the efficiency division, I don't think we rule out any vertical markets, but we are really strong in a number of them. We're very, very good in healthcare. Uh, we, we like to work in, in the healthcare type markets. Heavy commercial industrial is good for us. We do lighting, we do mechanical work, building management systems, building automation systems, EV charging, um, everything you know down to complete central plant replacement and optimization. So that's a great uh, vertical for us. Large commercial office has always been good to us. Uh, Multi-site national account retail has been very good to us. So we we work pretty much across all of the vertical markets. It's just a question of, you know, where can we bring the most value to the customer? So before we get into kind of the, the future of the industry, I'm going to go a little bit off script here, Todd. You know, I, I'd be curious to get your perspective 
just on kind of the the energy solutions business as a whole, right? So you were very much involved with it, the SLS days, the Wesco time there, and in holistic energy and lighting retrofit solutions. And now we're in 2024. So what are customers asking for? Let's say commercial, industrial, healthcare. What are customers asking for today that may be different, different conversations than you were having five, six, seven years ago? Yeah, I, I think this is a great topic and it's one that, that we can discuss for days. Yeah. Um, but, you know, two of the things that I, I think have really come into the market, I mean, there have always been utility incentives and rebates, at least as long as I've been in the market. And there's always been evolving technology. I mean, I started making T12 lamps, uh, you know, 40 watt T12s, and now we're putting nine and a half watt you know, T-LEDs in those same spots and, and getting greater efficacy and more light output. So I think technology will always advance. But I think a couple of the things that are really driving the market today are the shifting in the rebates. So we're seeing a lot of the rebates and incentive programs move away from what I would call just the traditional lighting uh, rebates and incentives to now more driven by electrification uh, and the move, you know, across the market uh, for greater electrification. And the other thing we're seeing are local laws and statutes. 15 years ago, there was Title 24, and you know, that was kind of about it that was really driving massive uh, adoption of efficient technologies. And now we're seeing that in, in many, many different places. Even look at what New York is doing with you know Local Law 97, Local Law 98. Um, a lot of the uh, incentives and statutes are really driving and mandating adoption. So I think the market is moving towards uh, people who are, yes, expert in the technology that's available, but also expertise in meeting and achieving the standards of those local codes and statutes. All right. So I think this is a good segue for the next segment of the show. So you gave us a perspective where it's at today compared to where it was you know, five, seven years ago. So where do you see the industry heading five, 10, 15 years from now? Do you see continued guidance as it relates to local laws and decarbonization and um, what was the other word that you mentioned there? Um, electrification. Electrification. Yeah. Electrification. Or is it a new evolution of technology? What are your thoughts on where you see the industry heading? Well, I think there's two things here. There's what I hope. And then there, there's what I, I think is definitely driving things. So I, I certainly hope that the local laws and statutes uh, continue to push us to be more efficient, to continue to push us to be greener, to decarbonize, to do all the right things uh, that everybody in the industry is trying to achieve, not only for the, the client, but, you know, for the planet in general, not to not to speak overly holistically. But I also think that, look, technology will continue to evolve. Um, and I'm not going to pretend to be smart enough to tell us all what the next uh, great lighting technology will be. But I think it's fair to say that at some point, LED will take another step. Uh, and maybe that'll be another step in LED, and maybe it'll be something else. I think in the mechanical world, uh, there's always uh, benefits coming out. I, I mean, right now you have you know the move to electrify, so people are going to heat pumps and hybrid heat pump designs, and getting away from gas and oil fired uh, boiler technology and going to electric fired. Um, and everywhere that's feasible, I, I think we should try and drive that. But renewables are always out there, Jim. And uh, I think that's going to continue to evolve. Um, adoption of solar, adoption of wind, um, other technologies in the renewable industry that, that are probably in their infancy right now and aren't marketable, but will be in five, 10 years. Um, yeah, it, it's a great discussion point. And uh, I think there's just a lot 
that can happen there. Some of it, I think, easily seen and some of it unforeseen and hopefully, uh, you know, pleasantly surprising when it launches. All right. Yeah. Time time will tell. And this is always a fun thought exercise. Maybe I'm going to go back and listen to these episodes in like five years and figure out who was right. We'll, right. we'll see. I, I'm usually <laughs> not in the he was right column, but, you know, we'll see. My, my high school teachers would bet against me. Um, <laughs> look at you now. Look at you now. <laughs> Well, cool. No, that's that's good stuff. So let's uh, let's go to the last part of the show here. I wanted to lead off and ask you the same four questions I ask every guest who comes on. And Todd, I wanted to ask you, what are your daily non-negotiables? Yeah, this one, I actually had to think about this one a little bit because, uh, you know, the daily non-negotiable for me is kind of me time. Uh, I like to take a little bit of mental downtime, a little bit of meditation, and I like to do a little exercise every day. It says non-negotiable, but, you know, I'll tell you that sometimes life gets in the way. But those are the two things for me that that I I really try to force into my schedule. It's just a little mental downtime to kind of reset. Uh, We all work in a hectic world. And then just a little bit of uh, physical exercise to kind of burn off, you know, some some of the stress, maybe some of the frustration that launches into our our daily lives, especially in in, in a project-based business. So let's rewind the clock. 22-year-old Todd, are you coming out of West Point at this point? Uh, yeah, that's about right. All right. What advice would you give to yourself then? Yeah. So the first thing I wrote down was stay in the army. Um, and, and I did that jokingly, but, uh, you know, the, uh, the one thing that I, I really think when I thought about this question, Jim, was not to take it all so seriously. Um, just, you know, do your job well every day. Um, I'm a strong believer and, you know, you, you kind of interview for your next job every day by, by doing today's job well, but just, uh, do the job well, do it well today. And, uh, you know, when tomorrow comes, do the same thing. And I just try not to stress about it so much and I just enjoy the ride a little bit more. All right. What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Yeah, this one was easy for me. So, I I mean, from my standpoint, I like to see my people succeed. Um, You you know, I I always like to to build a team and, uh, you know, hopefully I help that team get to where they need to go. But just to watch... My people succeed, uh, get promoted, be successful in their careers wherever they want to go. Um, I, I get a lot of satisfaction out of you know my network, and and I hope that uh, that the people who have worked for me you know have taken some of that and, and passed it on. All right, last question here: What do you want your lasting legacy to be? This was this was kind of tough, um, mm. you know, because my first thought was I'd like people to think of me as good looking, but I knew that probably wasn't going to happen. So uh, you know. This took a little thought on my standpoint, but I, I went back to what motivates me a little bit, Jim. And I'd like to be remembered as a mentor. I'd I'd like to be remembered as somebody who kind of helped other people come up in the industry. I, I've been extremely fortunate. I have had great mentors and role models, not not only in my military career, but I was very fortunate in my civilian career at Ashram Sylvania and at Wesco and at Universal to, to have great mentors and role models that, that kind of got me where I am. I'm extremely grateful for that. And uh, I hope that there are some other people out there that uh, when they get to my age and uh, you're interviewing them, that they say the same thing. Oh, that's great. I think that's a perfect way to, to wrap up here. So Todd, thanks for being a guest on the Building Efficiency Podcast. Oh, Jim, it was a pleasure. Anytime, my friend. All right. All right, there you have it. Episode 103 with Todd Smith. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcasts. We hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues as well. And one last thing, if you have any future guests in mind from the industry, 
please reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.